Okay, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to Other Minds and Hands. This is episode 24, and we are now post-episode 8. The entirety of season 1 has dropped. Maggie and I have been reflecting that it already feels like three months ago when the finale dropped. So much has been going on. This week, man. This week. Yeah, this past week. This week has been three months long. Right, exactly, and of course you've added uh, you've added jet lag to that whole experience. So, yeah, but like <laughs> you know? jet lag isn't that different when you're talking about four a.m. filmings in a studio. What's time? Right. What's time? Right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I think we're recovering, and uh, it's good to see you guys. I've I've already seen some of the chat. We're up front. This is going to be at least a two-parter, everybody. <laughs> yeah, does have we're going to have the airport. So we're going to have just call to... this. Part one. We're gonna have to come back to to this. Yeah, it's true that and, and yeah, and thanks, folks uh, who are viewing for being flexible. I, uh, I I had to move the time earlier. I'm headed out to Milwaukee for the Prancing Pony uh, podcast moot uh, this weekend, and uh, so I couldn't uh, go at our normal time. This also means that. Um, uh, we will stop more or less on time today. Uh, we can't repeat our performance of the three-hour episode because, but we will. Yeah, we'll certainly. Not I was like, maybe not tonight, but it'll yeah, happen. Not tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> In total, I'm sure it will happen. Um, but um, anyway, so um, lots so. of stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff to talk about. So the first thing I wanted, I, I wanted to kind of back up a minute and just kind of remind folks or sort of reiterate some things because I've one of the things that I've I've been seeing a lot uh, on uh, social media and uh, and other places there are a lot of people who are still not understanding what Maggie and I are setting out to do right and and I know I mean explicitly this show was designed to do something different. Um, you know, our show here in Other Minds and Hands and Rings and Realms that kind of grew out of that um, was designed to do something different from what the internet is used to, basically. Like, the internet kind of has two categories right now. Um, you're either uh, you're either ripping something to pieces or you're defending it. Like, those are the two options. And to do anything else, like, basically the only other alternative to that is just to be wishy-washy or not to say anything, right? I mean, like, it's it, it's sort of assumed that that's the spectrum that you're on. You're either that's a defender or you're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the point that what we've been trying to, 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 to say, what we've been trying to establish, we're not on that spec. We're not doing that thing. Like of which those two are the opposite poles of like because at the end of the day that is that is that's a reviewing thing like yeah. saying whether you think something is good or not right and that's not what we're doing we're, our goal I mean, is like yeah I've been constantly asked do you even like the show and I was like honestly I don't know because I am I'm loving doing analysis and that's all right. it is that's not even the question in some ways yeah. I like try to prevent myself asking that I, I will talk about and I will say like things that I like you know I, I'll say for instance when discussing this like oh you know and, and and I really liked how this theme was developed and stuff but again that's a way of me expressing like d- not you know defending the show or say or anything like that it's just we're doing analysis right we're doing analysis and I, I um it's the whole goal is to is to try to 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 sit back and do I, to look at what's happening, to explore the shape of that, um, and to 
to sort of see where that points. I mean, I'm treating the Rings of Power show like I treat every book I read and every mm -hmm. show I watch. Um, and my question is never, I don't like reviews. I don't like people telling, like, I'm, I'm not honestly very interested in, like, whether some random person liked it or didn't like it. Um, I know many people do, and I'm not trying to, like, if you like reviews and if you, or if you do reviews well, yeah, and that's the it. kind of thing you Enjoy want, that. like, fine, like, to each his own. That's, not, that's not what I do. That's yeah. not what I do, and that's not what this is. Um, it's not what I do. It's not what I like. I, just, I never read reviews. I just, I just like reviews. And, and to be fair, I sometimes do write reviews. I'm totally mm -hmm. down for that because I think part of my process is, is process. Like, I really enjoy all of that and I like giving a review of like oh I liked this and I, I disliked this and that's usually mm -hmm. the clear way that I kind of do my own kind of review of a text but the fun part of this is just providing the analysis right. yeah. and it's yeah. been nice to be able to remove that and even with reviews like I never engage with them until I've seen the whole thing and formed my own opinion first because there's so many other thoughts that I don't want part of my Yes. Head. Even like friends sitting next to me in the theater, I hate when the credits start rolling because you know somebody's going to be like, what'd you think? I'm like, I'm not there yet. I just <laughs> let me sit with this and think and, right. and then we'll talk about it. But I don't want to hear what you thought either. So yeah. Anyway, that's that's my yeah. little diatribe on the reviews and opinions. I, I like to form my own first. But I think the real strength of this has been analysis. It I feel like it has yeah. put us in such a nice space of really good people, really good comments and discourse all around. That's an interesting choice. Interesting how they did that. You know, it, it's not good or bad. It's a mm -hmm. way to facilitate creative conversation about process. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like I said, I'm not I'm not even I, I, I'm not even trying to say that I think that like the pro the project of reviewing things is a bad thing. Um, I don't personally like it much myself and I don't read reviews, but I um, but that, but that, okay, that's just me. I guess whatever. Like that. That's just that. That's just me. What I, the main point is, it's not it's not what we're doing. Like it, there's no win at the end of the day. I'm deciding whether I enjoy something, right? It for me it mostly comes out to like how much can I get from this? Like how much how much is there? There are some things that I just kind of enjoy in sort of a light and fluffy way. Like it's a it's sort of a fun experience. But for me, I mean, I'm a geek. I like the meaty like if something has like multiple levels and there's lots to like think about and get into and it it makes me think and I'm seeing, you know, patterns and shapes and and it and, and these things pay off in really cool and ways. And, and yeah, oh man, and, yeah. like that's what I love. Like that's my favorite that's my favorite thing. So treasure how yeah. And so how do you how do you find like how can you find whether that's true of a thing? Right. You know, I, well, you can only tell by 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 observing. Right. By looking at it. Um, and as um, oh, somebody was just talking about how. Yeah. Um, uh, Arnorian on Twitch was just saying that it was that I'm treating this like I did the Hobbit films, which is exactly right. I mean, people, I was get people were impatient with me, especially after the desolation of Smaug, um, yep. when everyone was like panning the movies. And it's like, not like I was, in, you know, oblivious to the things that people were saying, but I, that's still not what I'm doing. Right. What I was doing was saying, okay, let's, let's look at what's there. Right. Let's yeah. look at the patterns. Let's see how this works and how this can work. Um, and it's you can only conclude like 
you can only conclude about the pattern of something when you have it all. Once the third film came out, and I was able, you know, and I was compelled to the seeing all these things that were building or potentially building or might be building. You know, I could easily imagine directions in which this was building and could have been done in these, you know, could have been uh, going in these particular directions. And then in the end, it didn't. Almost yep. none of it paid off, you know, and almost none of it went uh, went anywhere. And in the end, I was forced to say, looking at the patterns, I see these are broken. Like these, mm-hmm. these don't. It doesn't come together. Um, the things that it was setting up don't pay off. It doesn't, you know. It, at the end, like that was, I I was forced to conclude from looking at the patterns that it was unsuccessful. But me, the mere fact that I thought it cheesy, that I mean, there were lots of. I mean, again, I disliked m- most of the things most of the other people liked about Desolation of Smaug, but I wasn't going to focus on that. That's not yeah, exactly. My, like, that doesn't my, mean we don't. What I'm have interested things, in. Yeah, it doesn't mean that we don't have things that we loved and hated. Oh, there are plenty, and you'll probably hear about them at some point. But I don't feel the need, or I don't feel the point of going through all those things right now because, like Corey said. We're 20% into this. We are one fifth mm-hmm. of the way through this. Like I'm, I'm just getting started. So I don't really feel the need to dive into any of my own opinions. Cause that's not what I'm doing here. It's just really fun to do the analysis and, and chat. So yeah. Yeah. We just yeah. thought it was worth doing a little review of that. Cause I mean, like friends of mine have asked me that in the last week. Like, so what, you don't review? It's like, no, we're an analysis show. <laughs> we're an analysis show. That's exactly, that's exactly yeah. what we're doing. And so, and so that means, yeah. and by the way, another thing that the, uh, another, um, another thing that I'm not doing, that we're not doing is like making predictions. I don't do insider information. I don't want insider information. Like I would actually, should they offer it to me? Right. If they were to say like, hey, do you want us to tell you what's coming up in season two? I'm not sure I would say oh, yes God, I would. to that. I'm sorry. I would. I totally <laughs> I would. I totally would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not saying I would like, definitely say no, but it would be it would be a like, consideration. If you asked me for like me. 10 years ago, I said I would because I want content that nobody else has. Like 10 years ago, right. I would have been like, yes, tell me. So I have that information in my head. Now I'm just like, where the heck are you taking these storylines? <laughs> like, right. I just want to know the next step, but I can wait. I can wait. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, like I said, I'm not doing predictions. Like, I will tell people. It was funny. I, I saw somebody on Twitter who I think thought they were insulting me, um, who talked about how malleable my opinions were. And I was like, ooh, really? Well, thank you very much. I am so flattered that you noticed that as like, of course, exactly what I'm trying to do is, I mean, yeah. if inflexibility of opinion is bad. Uh, yeah. in, I mean, when you're doing literary analysis, if you have your mind made up, about where you believe the story is going, you can you can do that. I mean, I was um, I was just reading an, an well, I won't bore you. It's about Jane Eyre, but I was just reading a reading of Jane Eyre where I was like, this guy has it in for Mister Rochester, like uh, no critic. I mean, I I can't remember the last time I saw a critic who hated a character as much as this guy hates Mister <laughs> Rochester, and it was like any stick was like uh, worth picking up to beat Mister Rochester with. Yeah, and and I was like, I I, I and I was I'm like this guy is. Has has completely lost touch with the book yeah. because he's got this these blinders on. He's made up his mind about how awful this character is and so is searching for anything he can use against him and is missing all these other things, you know. Well, and I know anyway, there's an audience. Yeah. I know there's an audience for that. Like if sure. that's your bag, sure, go for it. But like I think about my own interaction with some of those videos when they're doing some of these reviews and the louder and angrier you are, the less I am interested because if it's just a one note pony, you're not telling me anything. You're just mad. Cool. See ya. 
you know? I'm learning more about that person than I am about the show, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Or I saw, and, I saw a meme the other day that was like, you know, I got in a fight with somebody online and they started yelling at me, how could you think this? Tell me why. Give me a, 10 reasons. And I was like, dude, I've known you for five seconds and you're giving me homework and I have enjoyed none of those five seconds. I'm out. <laughs> I was right. like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Oh. So it's it's uh, so again as far as malleable opinions, I hope so. I mean, what my goal is every week. Every week we we're getting a new set of data, right? We're getting a new set of data, and we have to like re-examine conclusions based on that set of data. Um, and so even you know questions like uh, you know like was I right or was I wrong about things? I, look, I'm not saying that like I you know often I I'm sure there were many things that I many things that I missed, I might go back in retrospect and say, well, you know, now um, I can see, like, I was overlooking the significant, you know, I didn't pick up on the significance of these things. I was overlooking that, you know, those pieces of data and how they fit in and whatever. Um, but, um, uh, but there are still a bunch of, I mean, to point to something that I think we're still going to talk about. I mean, we're not, uh, surprise, surprise, I'm not done talking about the Halbrand situation. Um, but like, I, I don't, um, in retrospect, it's not, I don't take back anything that I said about Halbrand. Um, I still believe everything that I said about Halbrand. I have not been, again, I need to, I have to be a little careful because what I haven't done is gone back and rewatched it again um, after episode eight. Like in this past week, I have not had time to go back and rewatch the all of season one yet. I will. Um, and I'll be interested to see further thoughts that I have when I do that. Um, so I'll set myself that as like very definite homework for some point in the future, uh, in the near future and do that. But, but looking back on things, um, I don't, um, I, I, I don't re regret a single piece of analysis I did of Halbrand and Halbrand's storyline. Um, I think that we were picking up what the show was telling us mm. and I still, we talked a while before about misdirection, right? And how if um, the revelation of the truth, right? Like, you know, there may be false trails laid or whatever. Um, if the revelation of the truth does not, like, positive, like, effectively transform that, right? If, if mm -hmm. these things don't, in retrospect, all push forward to that, then it wasn't a successful you know, a successfully constructed uh, plot line in that point. And for me, there are still definitely elements of the Halbrand story where, where, where that's where I am. I mean, I, I st there's a lot of the Halbrand storyline that looking back with knowledge of what they're telling us in episode eight still doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I may, again, maybe a rewatch will help me in that. Um, but, uh, uh, but I really, um, I, st I, I don't see that. I, I, don't, I don't see that yet. I mean, where I said the show was pointing us, I think is still where I see those episodes pointing us. Well, and I, and I, I think it's, I don't know, I have no problem with anybody changing their mind or being wrong if you're coming at it from this direction. You know, it's the same as anything else in life, not just show. Like, if you're open to new ideas, you're more likely to learn something, you know? So, yeah, I'm totally open to new ideas and, and, and hope that somebody can change my mind for the right reasons and stuff. This feels like a pretty appropriate time just seeing some of the chat to talk about what the showrunners have said. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm. we'll talk about this, but like, I'm not really engaging with that because nope. what I'm seeing 
still makes sense to me. So until I see content to change my mind, I'm really interested in creator perspectives and like creator information. So like, I like that as part of, part of process and stuff, but it doesn't change like how I'm viewing the situation until they give me new content. Like a little thing they said on a podcast isn't enough for me to like reassess the last season yet. I want to yeah. see it in the show, you know? Exactly. I mean, so I find it I, super interesting, but very I don't interesting. know how they're going to handle that now. Very interesting. Exactly. Um, and um, I, yeah, so I will say like I have not only have I not listened like to what J.D. and Patrick said about episode eight in the official podcast yet. Many people have been referring to it. Not only have I not listened to that yet, I've not listened to that yet on purpose. Like I'm not done processing yet. And until I'm done interacting with the primary text, I actually don't want to. I mean, I am interested in what they say. I'm going to be interested to hear that. Um, but this now, many of you have um, heard me before complain about living authors. <laughs> right? Um, that is to say, when there is a living author, as is almost always the case in TV shows, uh, when there's a living author, um, you have a whole other set of data to work with, right? There's like what you see in the show, and then there's what the author might say outside of that. Um, and those I, those are not the same category. As Maggie, as you said, it is interesting to me because I am interested in what J.D. and Patrick are thinking about this, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that, like, that's something that I am, in fact, interested in, but it doesn't change the show, right? Once the... And so, so here I want to get a little bit English professory here and talk about author's intention, right? Now, like, I'm not saying the author's intention doesn't matter, and I'm not saying exactly that the author is dead, uh, but what I would say is that the intention of the author and the meaning of the text are not the same thing. They're never the same thing. They can't be the same thing, because there's somebody else involved in the meaning of the text, and that is the audience, right? Um, so... The author intends, the text means. This is a C.S. Lewisism that kind of changed my critical life, actually, when uh, uh, when I first read C.S. Lewis talking about that. Because I'd struggled with this for years. I had hated the death of the author stuff. When I was in grad school, I fought against the death of the author stuff because the way that that, that I saw that being applied very often, um, you know, in literary discussions was a simple disregard, right? Yeah. Uh, for the author, like, you know, the author is is Ignore is them. insignificant. Yeah. Ignore the author. And I'm like, well, that's silly. It doesn't um, work. It doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Like it, what the author is trying to do matters. But in the case of dead authors, we can't know for sure what they were trying to do. In the case of living authors, they can tell us what they were trying to do. But that doesn't change the that story. It doesn't mean that's what happened. Right. So, I mean, like, to, yeah, to, let me give a really, really simple and kind of silly example. Right. Um if I see a scene and I don't think it's funny, right? Like, uh, and then I find out later on that the author meant it to be funny and was kind of hoping I would laugh at it, but I didn't laugh at it, right? The author saying I meant that scene to be funny doesn't make it funny to me in retrospect, right? It doesn't change the fact that I'm reading them, but it's not funny. Like, it, that is not a funny scene. They meant it to be funny and I don't think it's funny. Um, that's a really, really simple example of where, like, the author's intention is relevant. Like, it's interesting to me to know. It tells me something about the author, right, that they thought or intended for that moment to be funny. But it doesn't make it funny, 
them yeah. saying that they meant it to be funny doesn't make it funny, right? And so similarly, when on bigger questions, right, um, an author is saying, this is what I was trying to do, and this is what I was trying to achieve in that passage, or in this moment, or whatever, in this overall plot arc. Yeah, I said, well, that's very interesting to know that that's what you were thinking, and that's what your intention was, but that doesn't mean that that's what happened, right? That doesn't doesn't mean that that's what was accomplished, actually, right? I mean, authors' intentions are never accomplished. And this works, by the way, both... I don't only mean that... You know, the great, glorious, brilliant thing that the author had in mind didn't come across. That often does happen, right? But of course, sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes the author does not have something brilliant and glorious in mind, but what comes out is amazing, right? I mean, sometimes some of the most brilliant books... I mean, Tolkien was all about this, like that act of discovery where he didn't know what he was doing and he didn't, um, you know, and it kind of took him by surprise as well, right? So sometimes the author's intention, the... um, the, the 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 meaning transcends the author's intention. Um, this is why, by the way, I one of the things, um, uh, one of the things that I has been a, like a, a little sort of literary pet peeve of mine for a long time is when you're doing a reading of a work and you're like, wow, like look at this stuff that's happening, right? This there's this 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 book is just exploding with meanings in this way, and then somebody will point to an interview with the author where the author said, "Oh, I didn't intend that." And they'll they'll and they'll do this as if it like okay so that disproves everything you said so nothing you yeah. just said is relevant to this book at all, and I'm like no not at all like okay it, that's interesting to know that the author didn't intend this like again I I'm fascinated I've learned something about the author right but it doesn't like, that meaning is there like it doesn't change it like in in a way I'm like well I'm sorry the author like didn't get to enjoy that particular <laughs> meaning of this text right um, but. Um, and so kind of going back to uh, going b- back to Tolkien for a second. Now, here's an example. People will sometimes talk about the they'll, they'll compare this um, like the author saying they didn't intend this with what Tolkien said about allegory. Right. How it wasn't an allegory of World War Two. But keep in mind what he was objecting to. Remember when he talked about allegory in the prologue to the Fellowship of the Ring, he t- he objects to the purposed domination of the author. Right. Applicability versus allegory. That is the point of the... It's not just that he was saying that meaning that says the ring is the atomic bomb and, you know, Sauron is Hitler or whatever, um, is that's not what the book is. That's not an appropriate meaning to draw. The reason he could say that, the reason that that was different than saying, oh, I didn't mean this, is that people... like An allegorical reading is asserting an intention by the author. Yep. Right. They were saying that he meant this to be he did this on purpose to be an allegory of World War Two. And Tolkien was like, it was not meant to be an allegory of World War Two. Now, this doesn't mean, by the way, again, that's the point of of applicability. You want to apply it to World War Two. If you read it and you have and and you find that there is like a a really rich meaning that sheds light on World War Two for you. That's fine. Like, that's not disproven. Like, it's okay to think that. Right? I've, I've seen people who are like, well, we can't talk about World War II in connection with The Lord of the Rings because Tolkien said we couldn't. It's like, no, no, no he's just saying that that was not his yeah. intention, he's right? And that he didn't mean it to role. be an allegory. So if you're yeah. going to assert that it's meant to be an allegory of World War II, you're wrong, right? Yeah. Um, that's not to say we can't do a World War II-related reading of The Lord of the Rings. We certainly could. Um, it certainly can have meaning in that uh, in that direction. So, anyway, I am. Uh, uh, 
all of these. So all of these reasons are the reasons why I am still, it's too new for me. I've read, this is a text I've now read three times, uh, you know, which may sound like a lot, but in my world, especially with a TV show, it's not a lot. Like I, I'm still, I'm still doing my own analysis. I'm still processing what meanings I see in the story as is. And uh, yeah, so I will consider what they say. I'm interested again, because I'm interested the storyline the separate story of what the showrunners are wanting to do and what they're thinking about in this show um, is an interesting to- story to me, but it's and a I, different story from And all that this. feeds in for me. So like, I absolutely want that. I'm thinking about, you know, the first time I saw Peter Jackson's trilogy and it took a long time for that to get into my brain, but luckily we had a year between um, releases that we could watch that over and over and over again and get it into my brain and then after they were all out then we got the extended editions with all that extra content so by the time the extra content came out we knew the trilogy real well and had strong opinions and understandings of what we thought intention was and right. decisions made for production and things like that and then all of a sudden we had all this new content that might have changed our mind but at least gave us like deeper understanding of it I mean, that is, I think, what probably got me into film in the first place, that kind of look into process. So I love this kind of detail, but I very much want to know my own perspective on this first. And I, I like separating the text from authorial intent, but I find authorial intent real interesting. So like, interesting. it's always yeah, going to no, kind of feed yeah. into it. And like the discussion that comes up around authorial intent is always so good because everybody has really clear ideas of, of what that could mean but only one person in the world knows what it does mean. And if they're alive, they can also change their mind. This doesn't mean it's a black and white thing. Like it can all fluctuate depending on political spectrum, what they said, what they meant to say, you know, all these things that, that can yeah. influence how things are received as well. That, yeah. yeah. Anyway. And as a side note, yeah. this is one of the things that I've always loved about Tolkien's commentary on his own work, like in his letters, especially when Tolkien responded about his work, he never responded like an author. He always responded like a reader. Right. He always goes and he gives he do, he does a close reading of his own text. Right. He yeah, he, he doesn't just assert things as an author. He goes back and, and reads the text and responds almost as if he's on the same ground as the reader themselves. Um, uh, and will even like has like hazard an opinion instead of giving an authoritative like well this is this is the this is really what was going on there he'll say like well the text says this and then this other character says this and so that suggests that this is, so my opinion is that this is probably what was going on there he again he's he's reading the text he's sort of looking at the meaning of the existing text rather than trying to assert to to make, to, to, to assert a kind of authorial control um, over this, which some authors do I mean and it's uh, I mean I don't know I, I shouldn't. Okay. Well, I've done it so often. I guess I might as well carry on. Um, J.K. <laughs> so Rowling boring. in the in the decade after the books were released Let's was just, was yeah. been my like uh, negative example of this. Like the way She's that she was negative, yeah. but also the best example. Like she was her biggest own fan fiction writer in mm-hmm. recreating her own narrative backwards. Yeah, yeah. But there were so many times when she was trying to control. Readers like she would assert things about the text which were simply untrue. 
like they like they were contradictory of the text um and you know like trying to convince because i mean and i'm like look it's fine like your ideas developed in different ways and it's totally cool like but that's no, not what the text is saying but that's not what the text says right like do not try to convince me uh that riddle's diary was a horcrux uh, like from day one like it was clear like like what we're told in that text is different from what we're told and that's fine like it's cool it's nice to see these things develop but anyway whatever or just like a you know a, a like her assertions about Hermione or whatever. Anyway, there are lots of things. It's like, okay, look, interesting to hear that your ideas are developing even now in certain ways, right? But you can't control <laughs> the story. Like it's already, it's already out there. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. Like once it's out there, you have to let it go. You know, like it. Yeah. It is independent of that author now. Like, like we said, it's an interesting to like see the the shift and the change. But that text is ours. That text is in the public domain. That text, that text is mine. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm exactly. allowed to interpret it how I see fit. Exactly. And, yeah. 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 No. I mean, our our, our views, like you know, people's view, like, when you're doing you know careful reading of a thing like that, you have as much authority about what is there in that sense that you know the the author is just another voice now, yeah. you know, and they can't tell you that you're right or wrong about the, in that sense, right? Um, so but all this yeah, to say yeah. that podcast oh. is interesting, but it's not going to change how I feel about this current situation. <laughs> right. Again. Yeah. And because because it's to, to me, it's relevant to a, a different sort of question. I mean, unless they're able to do as Tolkien did at some points. Right. Unless they're able to do a reading, which I find convincing. Right. If they're able to not say, here's what we were trying to say, which may or may not have come across, but like pointing out observations that I missed, right? You know, that which would uh, which would change the way the way I look at and, things. And that could happen. There could be something. It's possible. Too, that we look it's at very it and possible. go, oh my God, it all makes sense now. Yeah. I think that's a yeah. tall order, but it could totally happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I will be, I, I, I look forward to listening to those discussions, but, um, but as I say, I'm, for now, I am actively, um, I'm actively avoiding it while I'm still processing and thinking things through. I'll probably wait until after I do my like second pass. I mean, I've watched every episode more than once, of course, um, but to do my second pass through the whole season to kind of binge yeah. the whole season. Uh, I've been looking forward to that. That's what I'm really Once looking forward to. I, I feel like we've watched, you know, when you finish, like if you finish a degree or you finish a really hard class and you just can't wait to read a book without a pencil in your hand. <laughs> like that's kind of how I feel. Like I right. have loved this just as much as I've loved my education and stuff. But like that first book after you finish is so enjoyable. I can't wait to just sit back and watch this show, you know, mm -hmm. turn off my phone, put down my notepad and just watch. I also think it'll help, you know, some of the pacing issues I've, I've talked about and some of the things that I've kind of tripped over to just lean in and see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And it might also bring out a few other things that still don't work or I'm struggling with. And that's fine, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, OK. Um, let's. What's. Yeah. Let's. Uh, let's talk a let's little bit more in. about. Uh, Okay, do we want to start with Halbrand, or do we well, want I to... Th I was going to start with saying, what stage of grief are you in? How are you feeling? Right, okay. Where are we in our journey? Uh, I am... So as I've been thinking this through more, 
has been continuing to process since last Friday when we were filming Rings and Realms, and I cannot believe that was only six days ago. Um, <laughs> can't even <laughs> but, but, I mean, that day seems six days long to start with. But um, anyway, I just okay. I said to Corey before we started, I was like, I had to read like a summary of the episode because we've done so much analysis. <laughs> I forgot the order of events in the show. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so anyway, yeah, so I, as I've been continuing to think this through and process it, what I realize it comes, there are two, there are still two issues that I, that I have with the whole Halbrand situation. One is a little vague in general, and that is the Linden situation. There's a lot of questions I still have that I felt were totally unanswered about the Linden situation. And it's possible that there are not answer to the, answers to those questions, but I don't feel like that was clearly asserted either. So um, I am... Uh, that I just feel like... I feel confident that we're we're going to learn more about what's going on with you yeah. know the 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 tree the rings the diminishing yeah like so that so there that's one thing that I feel very still kind of unresolved and how you know Sauron fits in with all that and what could be going on um, and the fact that there's still it seems to me hinting towards the Anatar story. Yeah. suggests to me clearly there is more to come um, and how exactly that's going to come and what is that's how that's going to change or recontextualize things that we have. I have no idea. So so there I'm just kind of like I'm waiting. I'm not even going to I'm not. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of I'm, I'm almost not even thinking about that because I'm like, that's that's an incomplete data set. Um, strong Somebody believer. Sorry, no, no, sorry. Somebody it's asked okay. me about um, the yeah. use of the name Anatar that they didn't think they had the rights to use that. I thought they did, but I'm not 100% confident on that. Do you know? Um, what James told this story at the watch party, but I'm not sure how many people heard it. Um, and I think we can tell it because we were told that we could say things that they told us, that the showrunners told us when we were talking with them. Um, Anatar is outside their rights, but again, they can get permission for it. And they told a funny anecdote using Anatar as an example. Um, and the funny anecdote went like this. Um, they asked the Tolkien estate if they could use the name Anatar, and they said, no, you can't use the name Anatar. And so they went back to them and said, okay, so we're going to call him Steve. And the estate was like, okay, fine, you can use the name Anatar. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I wasn't. Th- I was glad. I was glad to hear that from James because that was in a conversation I wasn't in. Um, but, um, uh, but anyway, so like the, now, like that doesn't promise that they're going to be using the name. I mean, he could have just been using that as an illustration. Um, yeah. But, um, uh, but anyway, like I, I, it's. I think that there's. Um, reason to think uh there's that, some flexibility that the, yeah well we know there's flexibility i mean yeah. we know they have used things that are outside of the rights that they have which is which doesn't mean it's illegal it just means they yeah. got permission for that they got permission um, to do it yeah. uh and i i don't um i don't think that uh they uh there's any so i mean you can never it's i i kind of wish people would stop making arguments based on rights 
you know, because like it's you, you just you don't know. You can't know what they got permission for. I mean, the one thing we know and the one thing that's been clearly and demonstrably um, like where the boundaries are. Right. They they can't and won't tell stories that are Silmarillion stories. Right. So we're not getting the story of Finrod's death. Right. The full story of Finrod's death. Um, right. But I think they've been pretty careful to have what we are told and what we do see about Finrod's death be consistent uh, with the story that we know from the Silmarillion. Um, and I suspect that there's going to be more of that coming. I suspect that we're going to see uh, more things that are sort of consistent with that. Um, but uh, um, I think rights is also one of those things, though, that people just really love to speculate and and think about what yeah. will be next and inside information and oh i've got the answers like that exclusivity of content and information is like currency in a fandom so you know knowing about the rights and knowing what they have access to feels like you have knowledge you understand something that they can have so i get right. why people are like super into it because it's like a piece of the puzzle like yeah this will help me get out of the escape room you know right but it's also not a black and white thing all the time and there's so much flexibility with rights and even within the rights package, there's a lot of gray area and, and flexibility. So, so much of it depends on the relationship between the creator and the people that hold the rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could have been negotiated down to the letter. You, know, you never know the full package because they're rarely released. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so um, anyway, so, so all of that was appended to um, I, f- I have the you know the how brandis sauron thing left me with many more like really no they didn't leave me with more questions they underlined the questions i already had about the linden story and i i i i'm reconciled to waiting for season 2 to learn more about that and see what's going on cuz there's no there. solution yet there's no solution and i'm yet. still struggling with the whole halbrand thing full stop like i just you know the first viewing that midnight watch like if the camera had been closer to our faces it was <laughs> jaw to the ground like right no just no so like when we did that therapy scene like the only idea i can get behind right now is that somebody killed him on the side of the road and sauron took his body <laughs> that would make sense to me it, makes, I, I it can, makes it holds together i'm not joking like I, yeah. I feel like a lot of people are like oh that's your denial i'm like no 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 like i actually think that one works and it also kind of opens up this possibility that he can shapeshift, which we know. So it kind of opens up the possibility that he could be something else. We might see something else. I don't know. There's just part of that that made sense to me that I'm I'm hanging on to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until I have more information, like we said, that that line I can follow because otherwise none of it makes sense. Yeah, it's um, right. Exactly. Anyway, so back to my journey <laughs> to acceptance. Um, here's here's what I'm up against in my journey to acceptance. And that is, I feel like I just have, if I am to, let me say it this way. If I am to accept that Halbrand was Sauron all along, I can only do that. The only path to doing that is not stopping asking the question, why did he get on the boat? I have not heard one singular explanation that I find in the vaguest way satisfying for why Sauron is on that boat with the Southlanders. Um, Every explanation I have heard is a bad 
explanation either makes it a really bad story or is utterly absurd from the yeah. standpoint of the world of middle earth both the, that tolkien revealed and that we've seen in this show so far um one cannot just wave one's hands at the fact well he's a maya so he can do anything no he can't like there are lots of things maya can't do um and uh so he doesn't have infinite power. that's just that's merely a deus ex machina thing right and you're just telling me like he parachuted down onto the raft uh you know was lowered down um you know uh, on a rope attached to a winch uh onto the raft like that's what you're telling me if 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 you know when you're when you're doing that kind of thing um and i can't like i can't um i as we were saying all along the halbrand story the halbrand story holds together really well yeah. it creates uh it created an effective a working picture of the human a character man. that they yeah. were depicting um a man and in need of a fresh start and everything worked really well with that story going back and trying to reinterpret it um i yeah i still have a real hard time with it um i don't i i can't say at this point that 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 turn has been effective for me because it i just i don't why would sauron act the way that he acted in numenor yeah. it doesn't make any sense to me like yeah, why does why is sauron's like a Swap, you know, uh, uh, stealing guild crests. The, I loved your comment of stealing guild crests and making surprisingly good swords. Like that's right. how you're going to overthrow. That's his, cool. that's step one of the plan, I guess. I get. I mean, it's. I'm not saying that there's nothing. I'm. I'm not saying that everything that he does in in Numenor is inconsistent with his being Sauron. But I'm saying that there are some of the things that I find, if he were Sauron, some of the things that he says and does are puzzling. They made perfect sense for Halbrand. They make much less sense for Sauron. But more importantly, um, it it's not just about its being consistent with. Like this being the a compelling story of Sauron and what Sauron was doing doesn't make sense to me. Now here, Darren, I want to come back. Darren Gray, I saw that you were here. Yeah. Um, I am... Um, I... You were asking a question on Twitter, which I wanted to, which I wanted to address more, in more than 280 characters, um, because this is something that I've been thinking about a lot more too. I didn't talk about this much on Rings and Realms because I wasn't thinking as much in this direction, um, and that is how it affects the reading to posit that Sauron is genuinely deluded. So. Sauron, re, repentant Sauron. The reason I was resistant, there are two reasons I was resistant to repentant Sauron. Um, the first comes with a footnote, right? Um, the first is, well, Sauron needs to be way past his repentance by this time of the Third Age. Like, we're, I mean, yes, one can hold the possibility that he was genuinely repentant um, at the end of the First Age. But if he's still repentant now, it's really late in the day for him to be that repentant. But the footnote is, but the chronological premise of this show is we're bringing everything interesting that happened in the Second Age together um, and kind of telling all those stories at once. Okay, so maybe, right, maybe. But the reason within the show 
that I was having a hard time dealing with repentant Sauron is there seemed to be a lot of things that were just flat inconsistent to that. The experiments that he was doing on orcs up in the north in the ancient history, right, centuries before, um, which corroborates Adar's testimony that he was doing these experiments for how to dominate the world of flesh, you know, uh, using the power of the unseen world. Um, that doesn't sound like some. That sounds like somebody who is gearing up for global domination, not for somebody who is repentant and and just trying to do to make up for like you know the wrong that he did before, um, and the way in which Celebrimbor was clearly being influenced in some way, right? Um, also, didn't have. I'm a repentant good guy who just wants to be right and be friends with everybody now. Um, uh, sort of about it, so. I was, uh, but I think, and again, following up, Darren, on what you were observing, um, uh, if we, that stuff can all work if we premise the fact that Sauron genuinely believes everything he said to Galadriel on the raft in her vision, right? It's a lie. It's a temptation, right? But if he were to, if he were, to, uh, can I believe that Sauron is sufficiently deluded that he really believes that he's healing Middle Earth, right? Um, that he has such a profound means and ends issue going on, right? That the end of achieving the healing and ordering of Middle Earth, and like, even if we have to achieve the means, even if that's only done by means of like the domination of my will over others and, and the, um, you know, necessary, though, perhaps lamentable <laughs> experiments done on uh, rational subjects or whatever. Um, if it, OK, like, I think I think I can just buy that. I think I can just buy that. Um, it's expensive. Like that's a, that's an expensive purchase for me to buy that, um, but I and think like I can Highland, just buy it. Highlanders comment here: Can somebody be such a good deceiver that they believe their own lies? Like, absolutely, of course. Yeah, you know, they tell absolutely. They themselves the lies enough, and they're definitely going to believe it. But I don't know if that applies here for all the reasons you just said. Like, I'm just there's a few seeds of repentance Sauron that I understand, I recognize, I see why that could make sense, but it's not enough for me to be like, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what it doesn't do is, again, give you that moment. Um, the reveal did not have the impact of... So, like, uh, to give a canonical example, a film canonical example, The Sixth Sense, right? When the reveal is revealed at the end of The Sixth Sense... One immediately, like the film prompts you and helps you do this, but you can go beyond the promptings yeah. that you're given visually on the screen at that point, and you can go back and and rethink the whole thing and realize, oh my goodness, yes, oh this God, has been true all, all along. along. Like this, this is, um, this it it's this that moment of transformation where every piece of data you have now is placed within this new context and it all fits, and you're like, wow, wow. I did not have that moment in episode yeah. eight at all. Um, I'm open to that moment still coming. Exactly. It could still emerge. Um, it's real yeah. confusing at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I um, I 
And again, one of the reasons for this is that, I don't know, the Halbrin story was too good. Like his story works. Sauron, the Sauron character in episode eight is asking us to take the things that Halbrin said as being genuinely true in relationship to Sauron. Right. Like, namely, that he had done evil, but like it didn't matter. You know, she said it didn't matter now and he could move forward. Right. Or to um, not believe anything. Like, those are our two options. He was lying, right. you know, right. lying right. or. But 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 he's telling us to believe that, like, when he said the, I mean, he tells Goadriel that when he's like all the things he said to her, he meant. Right. And again, when I now go back and I, and, I, and I try to imagine again, maybe my experience will be different when I binge the whole season through, which I haven't had a chance to do yet. Um, but when I go back and I remember the things that Halbrand said, they worked for me when he was a human character. But when I now am imagining, and this is Sauron saying these things about like wanting to start a new life in Numenor, like he meant that. Like he, what he wanted to do was stay in Numenor and, and, and just start a benevolent new life as what a member of the blacksmith's guild that's his new goal right that's how he's gonna and the thing i'm so frustrated by is that that's what the camera told us that is that's what the camera told us us. exactly the camera zoomed in on all of those elements of desire you know put him through the test of like watching his hands forge like the camera told us that Mm -hmm. it wasn't just trying to pull a fast one it was no that's where his gaze went that's where his heart went yes yes exactly and and it's it it's yeah this is why i find myself with enough doubts like it doesn't when as an interpreter right when as a when as a reader of this story i ask myself which reading feels more compelling to me that one that is what he believing what he says um or doubting what he says doubting feels more compelling Right. Like I um, this is why I agree with you to me still. I'm not saying that I think this is true, but I do think should it turn out should, as JJ was just hoping for, I saw a little while ago, should the opening scene of of episode one of season two be Halbrand's decom- decomposing corpse by the side of the road in the Southlands? Should that be the opening scene of season two? I will find it satisfying. In ways exactly. that I do not that find this drop, That penny will drop, and I will say, okay, now that makes sense. Because, like I just said, like that is the only thing that makes sense to me right now. So unless something else fills in it the gap, makes the best, the sense. Yes. So, I mean, yeah. again, my and I want to make sure that I'm contextualizing this properly, because, again, what we're doing here is different from what generally people doing videos on the Internet are doing. I'm not making predictions. I'm not saying what... What we're saying is the reading that fits all the data best is that one that if in as much as that is not the reading that the episode was telling us that's the problem that's where that's exactly the problem that's that's the problem that i'm having what darren's saying here more heavy hinting it could have been done better um more episode eight halbrand personality earlier on but i don't think he existed earlier on so i don't think we could have had that hinting so yeah that's that's what i have to hold on to if they do say yes he was halbrand or he was saron all along i'm going to struggle with that Exactly. I mean, it's, and this is where, again, I come back to author intention versus the meaning of the text, right? Um, uh, Yeah. uh, The, um, 
if the show can tell me he was Halbert, he was Sauron all along, but I'm free to respond to the text and say that is not what the pattern that the text shows. That does not actually fit with, and and if that's and that's that's hard, you know. That's uh, that's uh, that's hard, um, and I uh, will. Um, we'll see. Now, I do agree. People were saying that, like, well, it's it's not a great way to do storytelling if you're just like wait until season two and then it will all make sense. Um, look, the the number one, if I had to make a criticism of the show, the number one criticism I would make. This show has all along demanded much of its viewers. A lot. Of it audience. asks a lot of us. Um, in some ways, I feel like I'm a bad data point because the stuff that it's asking is the stuff I'm willing to do. Like, I'm willing to uh, be patient. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not keen for spoilers. I prefer not to know. Um, when I'm watching a murder mystery, instead of trying to figure out who solved it, if I begin to have an idea. I actually try to resist that. Like I try to pull the curtain across my own analysis um, and wait to see how things go because I don't want it to bias the rest of what I'm looking. If I, if I get an inkling that like that person is totally the murderer, I know that if I watch the rest of the show with that in mind, I might miss other things. So I actually try to suppress because that you're not knowledge. opening yourself right. up to what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. I try. Anyway, so the point is, like, if they're gonna tell a story where, like, you have to be willing to be patient and 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 delay that kind of conclusion. I mean, I I'm a great audience for them, right? I love doing that kind of thing. Also, another thing that 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 the show asks, it has asked a lot in terms of being willing to stop and think through things, and um, I. Sort of put things together, and 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 even some of the stuff with Tolkien's uh, some some of the ways in which they they've been dealing with Tolkien's stuff. I mean, it it requires a lot of analysis, a lot of thinking through. But that's what I love. That's how I read and watch everything. So I'm willing to do that. So I've the the level of the the demands that this show has placed on me, but also there's also the demands that it has placed in terms of suspension of disbelief. All films do that to some extent. I thought it was amusing, by the way, that um, there were a whole bunch of people who were up in arms about the fact that the whole village wasn't vaporized by the volcano because of its proximity. And I was like, but nobody had a problem with Frodo and Sam being on right the slopes on the of the mountain yeah. and it was fine. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like it's um, seriously, I don't remember like anybody. In the exactly. Flow. They were they yeah. were literally in the, in the they were they were within like feet of the explosion, right? When it happened. Um, and we see the explosion from a distance, right? Um, from the black gate on the, in, in the film. Um, so I thought, I thought that was kind of an interesting thing. Uh, but anyway, so whether it's a thing like that, right. Or the whole like septic wound thing, right. I've got a septic wound and I'm going to get get on a horse and gallop hard for six days. Even though he was like slumped over in the saddle, he'd be a heck of a lot more than slumped over in the saddle if he had a, a septic abdominal wound, right. The whole time. Um, but, um, uh, I could suspend that yeah. stuff, but I, I struggled with the other plot things that were dropped in. Like we found him on the side of the road like this, like, why was he on the side of the road? I mean, where was right. he going? And yeah, there's yeah. all those other things that just didn't quite. Yeah, I can suspend disbelief, but when you give me a plot point that doesn't fit, 
That's right. Just, that's Even stuff started. like the the Numenorean ships, right? The 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 hold the holding capacity, right, of yeah. the Numenorean ships. Like I'm fine. Like it doesn't bother me. I, I but again. Uh, kind of bad data, but I'm really good at suspending disbelief. Like, ask me to suspend disbelief, and I'll, I'll probably do it, right? But, but I was conscious of doing it at many point, many like sort of small points along the way. And so, again, in 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 all of these ways, the show was demanding uh, in that way. It, it it asked a lot of its viewers, and I think in some ways it's still asking a lot of its viewers. Um, and the thing, again, the the primary thing that I feel it asking of me is to stop asking why Sauron got on the boat, which, by the way, him being repentant does not solve that problem. I still, like, why get on a boat full of Southland refugees if you're of repentance? Would repentance Sauron do that? Why would a repentance Sauron do that? I mean, he's now going to, and and how does, how if he had just wanted to go away, right, to leave everything behind. He's had centuries of opportunities to do that. He could have built a nice little hermitage out in the far northeastern corner of Middle-earth and be living in quiet reflection, doing some sort of private penance for his yeah. evil deeds, had that been his goal, right? Well, um, and, and all this yeah. just comes back to me of, like, it's just asking so much of the audience. Like, I did a bit in Rings and Realms was talking about the, the two different audiences, the ones that know Tolkien and the ones that don't. Mm-hmm. And all of us are confused. Mm-hmm. Most people like it. You know, there's definitely like the people that have no engagement with Tolkien. I'm finding friends and family are actually like and really enjoying the shows and they're not overthinking it the same way all of us are. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still asking a lot of the audience. If you have yeah. no engagement with Tolkien, you still have yeah. a load of characters and lands and language and things like that that you're trying to figure out amongst all this lore that doesn't quite make sense. And then you add in these character asks, you know, we tell you this one thing, but actually, you know, or what's in the box, that kind of game. There was a fair bit of that, that even if you weren't, I don't know, in the know, it was still confusing. So there's just a massive ask, which is fine, but it is a risk. Yeah. But leading into season two, you got to ask everybody to just hang on and then hope for a resolution, which I look forward to. I'm looking forward to right. that penny dropping. But right. that's a tough place to leave season one on. It is. It is. And, and let me just be... I don't like to do this, but let me be a little bit more explicit about what... Because I don't want to... I don't want to... I mean, it's a thing that I like that for me is not working. And so I dislike dwelling on it. But the boat thing, let, let me, because some people are suggesting things. Wave. Yeah. Let me just ride the wave for a second. Let me list the reasons that I find unsatisfying. Right. Because I, 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 whenever I say, like, I don't see why it gets on the boat. People come to me with suggestions like I haven't thought of those. I have and I find them unsatisfying. So let me do, give a brief list of the of the reasons that I find unsatisfying. He's on the boat because he knows he would meet Goadriel. How the bloody hell does he know he's going to meet Goadriel? That is not possible by any mechanism that we know. Again, that's Deus Ex Machina. That's we're just dropping him on the raft for that reason. By the way, notice how the flashback literally does that, right? Yeah. When like there we are in the raft. Like this is this is stage one, right? Of the of the Halbrand is Sauron story. Just don't ask what came before that, which is the thing that I'm having a hard time with, right? Um, no, he could, there's absolutely no, it, it's, uh, it's a strain beyond anything else. Like the, the two Halbrands theory is so much more simple and plausible yeah. than trying to f- expect me to believe that he somehow 
set out in this boat knowing it was going to be wrecked and that their rafts would be drifted in the direction where he would meet Galadriel, who jumped off for the first time ever in history, jumped off of a boat that Sauron had no idea that she would be on and would be randomly swimming and would encounter each other there. Um, Iluvatar himself is the only one who can coordinate events like that. That is super clear. So no, I absolutely, I do not find that in the vaguest way a plausible, it's one of my, it's one of the least plausible explanations I find of that whole thing. Now, again, if, if we start on the raft, I'm okay with it. Like that he would react to Goadriel the way that he does as Sauron, right? If it's Sauron on the raft and Goadriel gets pulled out of the water and he, would he act as he did? Yeah. No, I have no problem with any of that. It's, I'm, I'm talking about getting on the boat, right? So no. So it can't be because he wants, no, people say, oh, it's because he wants to go to Numenor. Why does he want to go to Numenor? I don't find this, uh, first of all, the Southland boats don't even go to Numenor. Oh, he's going to force them to go to Numenor. Really? Does that work? Why does the Sea Guard exist if not to stop things like that? Right? I mean, like, it's, it's, it's a... It's a horrible plan. It's a horrible plan. And then besides which, why does he want to go to Numenor? There's one reason. In the books, there's one reason why Sauron goes to Numenor. And that is to destroy it. And why? Because it's in his way. Right? That's that's it. Numenor is not in his way. He's, and that's not what he says when he's over there. If we're supposed to believe what Halbrand says is honest, then he just wants to live in that. Um... Uh, again, Rachelology, if he's fleeing his old life, why? Why is he fleeing his old life now? Why now? He's had centuries to flee his old life. He could have fled it anywhere. Why now? And why there? Why? How did he get in the Southlands? Why did he flee from the Southlands? He was last seen in the, like the last we know where Sauron was, was in the north doing experiments on orcs to try to gain power for himself, which maybe he intended to use in what he thought was a benevolent way, or convinced himself was a benevolent way, perhaps. How does that get you to a boat in the Southlands? Um, why is he joining a bunch of other refugees? Why should he decide, like, I'm going to take human form and disguise myself amongst a bunch of other refugees? How does that even make If he wants to find a new life, how does that even make sense? And also, I'm just thinking about the timeline, like, there's so many other things that happened before this. Like you said, he didn't have time to run up to the north to trick Celebrimbor, like all these other things. So I, I'm kind of getting behind this whole, he must have been in Aregion or nearby and been in a different form and then just took Halbrand's form. Or again, that I, I can get behind too. Yeah. What I say, and again, I don't take back anything that I said about Sauron already being in Aregion. I, I still hold that Sauron, that the involvement of Sauron or some other similar figure is still the best explanation of what we've been shown. The best explanation, the thing that makes most sense of the data we were given is still that. Um, if that turns out to be not true, then there's a lot of work to be done to convince me that some other reading is, some other reading is a better reading. I still don't see a better reading. Um, uh, okay, other he's running away from Adar, right? Adar attacked him, maybe killed his previous form, so he's on the lamb now, right? He's now Sauron is now running in fear of Adar. Takes a lot of believing uh, for me that he that that's what happened. I mean, 
I guess I'm less resistant. I'm way less resistant to this than that he was trying to meet Galadriel argument, which is nonsense. Um, uh, and even then, the he's trying to get to Numenor, which doesn't make sense on several levels either. Um, it takes a lot of believing for me to believe that Sauron himself. Is, what is clear, what what the Sauron character reveals of himself in Episode Eight does not fit that perspective. He still thinks and believes he's going to rule Middle Earth, right? Uh, perhaps benevolently, right? But um, but I'm just going to leave. Uh, I'm I am overpowered by Adar and afraid he's going to kill me. So I'm going to just disguise myself and run away in whatever the first and most convenient. I'm going to take the first boat out of town, right? Because I'm so afraid of Adar. That is not the character that we saw talking to Galadriel. Like it just doesn't fit with what he said about himself, with what he said about his plans. I have a hard time buying that for that reason. Um, did he show any vulnerability? to Galadriel, right? Did he... I, I didn't see it. Um, not as far as, uh, like, vulnerability about, like, his doubts about himself or his, uh, his... his He wanted her to join him. He did sort of suggest that the two of them together could be, you know, stronger than he could on his own or whatever. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I... Um, yeah, so, you know, but Rachel, you see, like... His ego was damaged and he's a delusional egomaniac. I agree. Um, in your experience, do delusional egomaniacs humbly disguise themselves and take their place among refugees? Like, does that sound like a thing a delusional egomaniac would do? It just doesn't to me. Um, I, and we don't know, but we're just yeah. saying, like, that's not the most obvious. And I haven't thought about that line. So it's not like I've thought about this before, but like, that one wasn't clear to me. So. Yeah, no, it's just, yeah, I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not trying to assert what is or is not. Again, what I'm doing is I'm saying, based on the evidence that we have, this is how I, this is, this is how I operate. I mean, I often talk about this in my other broadcasts and stuff. Like, the whole point is you, you consider the, the observations and then you, it's like, um, it's like in a physics experiment, right? You collect a bunch of data and then you try to figure out how to fit that data to a curve. And you try a bunch of different formulae, right? Like which curve fits it back. This one kind of fits, oh, but this one actually fits the data better, right? Oh, and actually, if we change the formula to this, that formula describes this even better, right? That's the whole, the, the whole interpretive process. That's kind of what it's about for me, right? So I'm, I, I, I consider these things and say, just like, does it work? What is the most compelling? What, what is the curve... So that's what we're trying to do here with Sauron. We're trying to say what is the curve that that fits that data, right? Um, the, you know that those data points fit into that curve. And when I look at each one of these things as a, you know, all, each one of these explanations, I don't find any satisfying curve at all for that set of data, as far as getting on the boat is concerned. Um, I, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah, and I. I see people alluding to, and I'm not referring to any particular points that people are making because um, there's a lot of chat going on and I'm not catching all the things. But I see people talking about plot holes. I would, I would just offer a word of caution there. Um, my encouragement is it's easy to fixate on a thing that you think is a plot hole. Um, hmm, okay, now here's a better way to say it. 
in my experience, discussion of plot holes, like the use of that phrase, plot holes, does not correlate well with a willingness to really look at the big picture. Um, you can poke a hole in any plot. I mean, any plot. Goodness, you could go back and tell a story, a true story of something that happened to you, and somebody can find plot holes in it, um, in the way that people find plot holes in things. Plot holes, I'm not a big believer in that concept in a lot of ways. Like, again, to me, it's not, it's, does it work or not? Look at the big picture, right? Put all of this stuff together. What I'm talking about here is not a plot hole. I'm talking about a question of a story that does or doesn't work. Um, yeah, exactly. Nameless Arcanum, I'm not saying that everybody who says that is always doing that. Um, uh, I'm saying that... Yeah. But Nameless Arcanum, you're right. Plot holes can be... I, I will add can be. Plot, is, uh, plot holes are a very surface-level gotcha style of looking at a story. That's certainly what I hear the majority of the time I hear people talking about plot holes. And that's what I mean when I say I don't see those two things. I don't see... Uh, like a, a thoroughgoing analysis of a story often correlating with like talking about plot holes. Um, uh, again, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not saying that everybody who uses that phrase is doing that. But I just, I, I'm, I always have reservations uh, about that. Um, uh, yeah, as Kenotes uh, 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 says, people tend to use the term plot holes to describe something they don't understand in a story. And it's especially silly in season one of the show, like claiming something doesn't make sense 20% of the way through the book. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and this is the hard truth. And a lot of people aren't going to like this. But I am just as I was not willing to make any final conclusions about the Hobbit trilogy story until I heard it all. I'm not going to make any big conclusions. Even all the stuff that I'm saying right now, the jury's not out on any of this. But there's still a lot. I mean, as far as like talking about fitting, uh, fitting the data to particular formula curves, like there's so much data yet to come. I, we can't do any of that yet. And again, like the whole point of this is just to discuss what we see. So like, I just want to keep talking about all of the ways we could read this because that's really fun. Yeah. It's jumping to the, it has to be this way that I'm like, but it doesn't. So <laughs> let's right. think of all the ways it could be. And we're going to keep getting more information. New things will fill in those gaps. But yeah. in the meantime, I'm going to keep talking about the things that we have seen. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the way that Nick uh, just talked about this is how Brenda Sauron isn't yeah. a plot hole. It makes internal sense in the show, but their Sauron leaves me disappointed. He's not the clever and terrifying villain I've come to know. Yeah, of course, Nick, I'd be tempted to say not yet, right? Yeah, not um, yet. Or not, not that yet. we've seen... Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, there are a lot of, uh, uh, yeah. So it's, it is, I'm, I'm, I'm not ready. And this is why, um, again, people, people keep, you know, want to push me and say like, so are you going to be willing to say that it's bad writing if this, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to be willing to say that until I see the whole story. What I am saying, I mean, and I think I'm saying it pretty clearly is that there's a good bit of episode eight 
that is not working for me, that does not, that I don't see. And I'm willing to append that word yet in there. I don't yet see how this all fits. Maybe, maybe there will be things that will yet be revealed that will make sense of it to me. But right now, at the end of season one, how Brand is Sauron from the beginning is that's not a curve that's fitting the data to me. There's, there's a, it's, it's, um, and if I'm forced to, like if the story is going to compel me, going to continue to compel me to do that without any new data, right? Then I'll do that. But I, but I, I now have to, like, I'm in major suspension of disbelief and not just like, I dis, and it's my least favorite kind of suspension of disbelief. I can suspend disbelief. Like, I have no problem disbelief. I mean, I've given this example before, too, right? But I love uh, action movies and martial arts movies. And my wife is a doctor. And in the very few instances in which I'm watching, because I don't watch those movies with my wife anymore. We've been married for 25 years, so <laughs> like I've I learned. Going. Yeah, like, anyway, my wife is a doctor. And so she's always like, do you have any idea? Like, you know, she'll, she'll like, see somebody and she'll be like, okay, let me, like, talk about the internal organs that that would have damaged and he would not be doing that. And, um, anyway, like it's, it's fine. Like I'm fine with that. Like that kind of suspension of disbelief, I'm ready all day long yeah. for that kind of thing. Right. Um, I am, uh, I am th so, and that's why like, I'm not going to, I'm not bothered about the Numenorean boats. Like I get it. I totally yeah. see that. It's not that I disagree with any of that, but it's not going to bother me. The, the stuff that's going to be hardest for me. And this is the same thing that was hardest with the Hobbit films. Um, was that they didn't internally, they didn't come together. And, you know, so Nick, to what you were saying, if Hal Brandis Sauron does end up working internally in the show, I'm willing to accept it. Um, my problem is that for me, it is not working internally in the show. Um, I, um, but, um, yeah, yeah. That just made me think about like, um, Henry Jenkins, who's a fan theorist, he talks a lot about uh, audience contracts mm -hmm. and just like the contract you make with your audience when you're making fantasy. And you, you basically do agree, everybody included, agrees to suspend their belief when you're engaging in film. So if I'm stepping right. into the world of Middle Earth, I'm just going to accept that there are elves and there are yeah. ends and these things. Like yeah. there is this level. The problem comes in the fine print because we don't all agree on the fine print and not everybody right. reads the fine print, right? So there's just this kind of like <laughs> right. level of like, but hang on, you agreed to this contract, but you didn't read the spell, you know? So yeah, there's, there's, there is a big ask of the audience, which was mentioned again. Like, yeah, there is a big ask. It is many, yep. many. <laughs> um, and it's, it is by far. And, and again, I, I don't, I don't even call that necessarily a vice of the show. Like I don't, it's, it's possible that the, what they're asking of us will still be, will, will pay off, will be justified. Um, but, uh, but I think it was in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's, it is, it is a lot. Um, and, uh, and I don't, um, I don't, Many of these things I have not individually struggled with, but again, put them all together, it's, it's, um, it's challenging. It's challenging. Um, I feel Lock like it, nameless arcanum. That's pretty much where Corey was on Friday. Uh, Nine hundred ninety-nine cuts left the star on the boat. Things pretty fresh and sore right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. I. Um, 
I mean, honestly, one of the questions I've been asking myself, <laughs> like I'm seriously sitting down and asking myself is, am I willing to do it? Am I willing to ignore Sauron getting on the boat? Just sort of be like, okay, I'm going to stop thinking about that now. And I'm just going to accept the premise that he's on that boat, which is where we meet him, right? It's where the story begins, where his story begins. It's where, um, that's a big ask. That's a big ask for me. And, 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 and for me, it's, it's a hard one. Again, I understand, like I was talking, um, with, um, Todd Heidenreich, who's one of our, uh, one of our, uh, Signum alumni. Um, and he's a naval engineer. <laughs> it's like, he's, he's like a naval architect and engineer. And so therefore like the Numenorean ship thing was a big deal for him. Right. And, and I get that, like, I get that for him. That was a huge ask that he's looking at these ships and he's like, and you're expecting me, you know, him as a, as, as a naval architect to believe, you know, that you could hold a hundred horses and soldiers in each one of those ships. Um, that was a, a huge ask for him that he had a really hard time with. Um, for me, that was not the big ask, right? This is the big ask for me. Asking me to not think about why Sauron was on that raft in the first place. Why, why he got on that boat. Um, that's a really big ask for me because that's the kind of thing that I do. Like, I want to know how this stuff all fits together. I want to see the big picture. I want to understand not just the, you know, your, yeah. I feel like it's asking me, on the one hand, the show is asking me to think about and understand the big picture story of Sauron. But at the same time, it's asking me not to think about the big picture story yeah. of Sauron in that way. And that's, I really struggle with that. So am I willing? Yeah, I'm willing in the sense of, um, but, um, but it will be, it will be a piece of, uh, suspension of disbelief that is going to be challenging. Yep. Really, really hard for me. Um, and, and with all of yeah. this, like we said, like I'm open to being flexible. I, I don't feel adamantly about nearly any plot line yet. I don't feel like yeah. this is what they mean. This is what's happening. Most yep. of them are pretty malleable at this point. So yep. I'm not I'm not gonna die on this hill because there's no reason to die yet. No. <laughs> I'm I'm only twenty percent into the journey, so we'll yep. keep seeing what happens. Yeah, who knows? And uh and even the question of like finding this version of Sauron convincing, I we had him for what, half an hour? I mean yeah. I I I'm... He, he was great. I mean like as a character, I thought that transition to Sauron and his voice and his stature, like it was great, but that's not anything to what I saw before. I don't we know where this is coming from. So it's not like it was a bad performance. It was just confusing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 um, honestly, like one of the upsides for me, uh, of this whole thing, like one of the, um, consolations <laughs> has been like, okay, so, Charlie Vickers is going to be Sauron for the rest of the show. Great. Okay. Yeah, I, I, that's good. I like Charlie Vickers. I think he's doing a great job. So that's a, that's a bonus. I, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. um, if, uh, if I have to give up Halbrand, um, the human character, at least we that's some compensation. <laughs> that, that's some and, compensation. And a few folks have asked like other minds and hands is going to continue. Maybe not yes. every week, but it's definitely going to be regular. So, whoa, my cat just jumped over me. Plan on it being, <laughs> plan on it being every week. And we are going to ask for um, cast, crew, whoever wants to talk to us, other fandoms, yeah. um, creators. Yeah. Um, and I imagine yeah. we'll be on Rings of Power for a little while, but like this is also a focus on adaptation. So we'll definitely talk about other things yep. as they come up just to definitely. answer the queries. 
Yeah. Um, and Charlie Vickers is the one. It did mention to me that he watches this show. So I'm uh, I'm I'm hoping. Uh, hi, Charlie. Hi, Charlie. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping I would love to get him on the show. We talked about that. So uh, uh, yeah. I would uh, I would love to do that. But, yeah, it's also true. This is this is not always going to be just a Rings of Power show. Um, we're, we're genuinely interested in looking at adaptation. So absolutely. Uh, Drosnake, we're going to talk about the War of the Rohirrim when it comes out. We may also talk about other adaptations. I mean, we haven't. Um, you know, other major adaptations that are released. I mean, Maggie, I'm going to be kind of interested to talk about the other, the next Dune movie when the next Dune movie comes out. Yeah, definitely. That's you coming know, out. So. And somebody was asking earlier about the next season of Wheel of Time. I mean, there's, oh man, yes. Day, guys, Susan Cooper, who you all, if you know me, you know her. She uh, <laughs> just had a new adaptation put out on uh, BBC radio that I just found out about today. So like, we might not analyze that, but come on, I'm real excited about a new adaptation of my favorite thing. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we will follow the path of excitement for whatever adaptations strike our fancy and give us something to talk about. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, adaptation. A new adaptation of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't mean we're going to talk about every adaptation out there, but we. I, it is. Darren, do not make me revisit Twilight unless it's a drinking <laughs> game. I'm not. <laughs> Sandman, yes, I would love to. <laughs> Maggie has a long uh, history with the Twilight adaptations. I prom- and- like I told my classmates last, uh, my students, the last class I taught. Like I promise, I will watch it again with everybody if we do a live watch along. But I will definitely have a cocktail in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh wait, yes. I didn't show this point. On that point, people make fun of us for being sponsored and shills. We're not yet, but I will if Brewdog wants to sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> I found this in the grocery store, guys. Lord of the Rings Fellowship Pale Ale from, like, my favorite brewery. (laughs) It has Sting on the side of it. Wait, where did it go? There it is. That's pretty awesome. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Yes. So... Uh, Brewdog gets a little plug from us because when you like produce awesome uh, (laughs) Tolkien branding on your on your beer like that, then there you go. There you go. Then I will buy it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So obviously this is part one of multiple discussions of Rings of Power because I feel like we didn't we didn't even talk about Stranger. We haven't talked about about Stranger. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many things that we need to Farazan. I mean, what's happening in Numenor? There's there's a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. The Palantir? I need some discussion on that. Why did she just go up those stairs? Like, I don't know. There were a lot oh, of Oh, man. Arian's trajectory. Yes. Yeah, I was... It's, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm struggling with. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway. Yeah, no, I think it would... There's, there's, yeah, there's certainly much, much more to talk about. Um, we'll have to, we'll have to figure out, um, we'll have to figure out I'm not sure of schedule for next week. Next Thursday, uh, we've got a thing. Signum is a big thing that I'm doing. I'm locked in to a big thing all day uh, on uh, next week. So, um, but we'll, we, so we may have to reschedule next week or something. Um, but uh, we'll figure that out uh, in the meantime. Maybe uh, in by two weeks from now, I'll have had a chance to rewatch the show. So we'll see. That's uh, a good we'll call. see if, if I can do that. But, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Neil says I need to find what's going through my head when the cultists called the stranger Sauron. Um, everyone who was there in the watch party, I know the sound wasn't on, but um, I uh, I laughed really hard uh, when that when that happened. That was Lost hilarious. Yeah, yeah, loved it. Um, 
Uh, yeah, love that. Um, yeah, we'll anyway. figure out next week, but um, watch Corey's Twitter for an announcement of time. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 figure that out. It'll be on the Signum socials too once we. And Rings and Realms is on hiatus now, but thanks to yep. Ben Davis and the team and everybody at Studio Lab because that was so much. fun. Oh man, so. it was great fun. Yeah, and the, you know, are there more things we're gonna do? We've talked about you know other uh, you know there's 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 a bunch of possibilities. Um, certainly, this is not the end of our partnership with the Studio Lab folks. We've been yeah. in lots of conversations with those, and uh, Signum University is starting its own studio, which you know Maggie's going to be directing, and we're working in partnership with them. So there's well, a bunch of video of projects, projects that we're working on yeah. um, that uh, that we would love to do. Um, so yeah, it's just that has been um, one of the one of the most wonderful things to emerge out of this season. And it's not even the fault of this exactly. Like Ben and I were talking about working together, Signum and Studio Lab working together. Um, The Rings of Power discussion. I mean, this was literally started with a conversation where Ben was like, so are there any video projects you would want to do? And I was like, well, we haven't really made our definite. We kind of wanted to do an analysis show for the Rings of Power, but we haven't really made plans about that yet. And Ben was like, oh, you got yes, it. Let's do that. So, and that uh, started with conversations of us saying, "Yeah, we'll do forty-five minute episodes," mm-hmm. and then Corey realized that they weren't going to edit him. Yeah. So we just kept going. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So it was phenomenal. I mean, that was such a huge undertaking from all of them, but we we can't stop. I'm pretty sure they had a blast as well. So we'll definitely keep doing something. We just need a nap first. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) No, I think it's, it's, there's, yeah, no, there's a lot to do. And, um, yeah, no, what we're, what we're shooting to do. So, I mean, I saw, um, you know, somebody was saying like, you don't need a big fancy studio for YouTube. No, you don't. But we have aspirations beyond that. I mean, the, where I see, um, really briefly, if I could give my little vision thing in 60 minutes, in 60 seconds here, um, not 60 minutes, 60 seconds. That was a little, little Freudian slip on my part. Um, but no, like there's a lot of places on the internet where you can get free content on YouTube, right? There's like practically infinite free content on YouTube. Um, and there's quite a bit of like super premium content being developed for huge millions of bucks, um, you know, on Prime Video and Netflix and Hulu and lots of other places, right? Disney Plus. Um, but there's very little in the middle like high quality premium content that is not just that, you know, that is neither made by an amateur for YouTube, nor is, um, you know, high end top dollar uh, stuff. And I think that that would be a really, really good place to explore. So that's kind of what Signum Studios is thinking about, uh, basically, how we can um, give people more than they can get on YouTube more and better than they can get on YouTube um, without, you know, it being a mega production. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we don't have, we don't have, you know, uh, $250 million to throw at anything. No? Um, we, don't. we don't, we um, don't. But um, anyway, so yeah, those are the kinds of directions we're thinking, but we should, we should go. Cause I got to get to the airport. You have to get to the airport. But... I do. Yeah. But watch All this right. space. We'll see you guys next week. Awesome. Very good. Thanks, everybody. Um, and um, I uh, I look forward to further discuss this sort of next season of further discussion. Um, a lot of which is going to be 
really just kind of looking back over a bunch of things that uh, that we still need to need to look at and think about uh, from season one. But anyway, all right. Thanks, everybody. Bye now. See ya. Bye, guys.